Welcome to Church Project. Uh, we are glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, uh, we have Bibles over on the lamp, and there's Bibles near you under a chair. We hold the Bible in high regard, and, and we're going to go through it uh, this morning. We've been on a series, typically at Church Project. We go verse by verse. We go through a book. It took us two and a half years to go through Luke. Raise your hand if you were here for all of Luke. Okay, I think they all passed away. So it took us a while. It took us a while to go through Luke, but we go we go verse by verse and we hold the Bible in high regard. What we've done though the last couple of weeks, the last four or five weeks, is we've hit pause on going um, through Scripture verse by verse, and, and we've entered into a series called "I Have Seen Him In." Oftentimes, the only thing that we have as humans is the story of where we've seen God move in our life. And, and when we go into our workplaces and spaces and wherever we go, the best thing that we have is Scripture. But we can highlight that Scripture with stories of how that's impacted our life. And so over the last three weeks, we've had different men in the church stand up here with the mic, scared of public speaking, and deliver a message about where they've seen God move in their life. Last weekend, Jonathan gave, gave an incredible message the weekend before that was Chad. The weekend before that was Jerry. This weekend is going to be Jeff Davidson. Um, if you don't know Jeff Davidson, you should get to know him. Uh, he, you've probably seen his name and recognized his name because here at Dayspring, they have like student of the month. And it seems like Jeff Davidson has picked his teacher for the favorite student of the month every month. I mean, he's just an incredible man of God. His heart is just huge. Today's message is uh, going to impact every single one of us. It's, it's going to be a beautiful message. Uh, if you would, let's give uh, Jeff Davidson a round, uh, a, a warm church project welcome. <laughs> you got all sorts of props. You need a hand here? You, you got it? Yeah. Okay, your mic's on. Can you okay. hear me? Can you hear me? Have fun, buddy. All right, yeah, I do have a, like... Four or five disclaimers I have to throw out right away. Um, one, apparently I have this disorder that has not been fully diagnosed. Um, it's called leaky eye-titis. I don't know. Uh, just at random times, all of a sudden, boom, stuff starts flowing. So just so that's kind of out of the way. Um, Audra, I have a couple things for you. Uh, I'm not allowed in my classroom. My teacher, as uh, Aaron t- as said earlier, I'm not allowed in my classroom to do a couple things. One is to walk around with my shirt untucked. But I'm kind of in Santa Claus mode, and I couldn't really get it tucked in, so I'm, doing, I'm just leaving it out. And two, I'm not allowed to sing, but uh, that's going to be out the window. So for day spring students, what happens at, at church stays at church. So let's just let's focus on that. Um, uh, and honestly, I'm just so thankful to be here. Uh, I'm very thankful to be here. Um, I tried to avoid this. I did. Uh, Aaron asked me a long time ago, and I'm like, well, I'm going to be out of town. And, uh, and really, that was the plan, but God has other plans. So when God speaks to you, you just have to listen. Focused on you there, buddy. Um, we got something going here. So um, I just want to publicly thank God for just getting me up here. Uh, and I thank Aaron for his encouragement. I met with him yesterday morning. And you, if you want to meet with Aaron, you're guaranteed a breakfast. So I, I'd say go, because he's going he's gonna to pick up your breakfast. Uh, but he took my, I don't know, three-hour message, and we got it down to hopefully 25 minutes, so uh, that's good, that's good. Um, so I'm just going to start kind of with the title of my message, and uh, I love God's people, I love how God works, uh, because we get to send off missionaries that are going to serve Him, and that is totally what I want to speak about today. Uh, I want to see, I want to talk about how I have seen God 
in the way that he uses his people. Um, and the way he uses his people when we make ourselves available. And so I thank you for making yourselves available uh, and just being willing to go. And, that, and again, that doesn't always mean we have to go somewhere, but it just means in our lives, whenever God speaks, we have to be ready. Um, so I'm a note taker, so I'm going to help you out on some notes. I need to grab my water here. Um, if you are a note taker, I'm going to mess you up today. I just want you to draw a circle on your paper. Put a bunch of squiggly lines because that's what you might think where I'm going. So if you want to, those are some good notes if you want to try that. Um, and I also need to get a little, a few things out of the way. I, uh, I told my daughter I'd have a surprise for her. So here's your surprise, Aubrey. Um, I, my first, one of my first titles of my message was uh, Free and Easy Down the Road I Go by Dirk Spentley. I guess I'm going to change that. That kind of changed, but there's your, there's your plug there, Aubrey. Um, <laughs> And I also have something for Katie. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, One of my titles when I was thinking about this was There and Back Again. Does that sound familiar? Okay, that's a Hobbit reference, a Davidson tale, but I'm kind of changing that. Um, Really, I'm going to focus on uh, how God has used people in my life, in our life. Uh, Several of you are sitting right here. By just making yourselves available and pouring into our life. Um, and so that's really going to be a focus. <clears throat> it may seem at times, boom, I'm going really dark and really uh, kind of down a strange path for the message before Christmas. But I hope you stay with me because ultimately this is a, a message about hope. Uh, this is a message about God's mercy, God's healing. Um, so I just want to give you a couple warnings on that. <clears throat> and this is for my, my buddy Jerry. Um, I've also seen God in my ego powers. Yeah, he was supposed to stand up and do that, but he didn't. That's a Nacho Libre reference. That is also a very biblical movie. I think you should watch it. Um, all right. And I, this is going to shock people, but I've also seen God in Christmas. Um, so we'll get back to that point. That's how I'm going to finish up. Um, all right. So qualifications for speaking today. Guess what? I have none. I have none. Uh, it's funny because as Ginger was reviewing this this morning, she's like, that doesn't make sense, qualifications? And then she'd read it, and then I threw this little word in there. But um, I actually have one. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And so uh, I feel like that qualifies me a little bit uh, to talk to you. Um, and I might have another uh, qualification. Uh, for whatever reason, mostly because of Aaron's uh, prodding, I'm available. I'm here right now. And so... Um, I love uh, Aaron and his positive messages and, and his messages of hope. And so uh, I hope that you hear that throughout this. Um, and so I just appreciate his encouragement getting up here. Um, let me pray really quickly. Lord, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Lord, it is hard. Uh, but Lord, I just pray that you would help me to get out of the way. Uh, that your words would just ring true. That the truth of this time of year, when we get to focus on the sacrifice and the gift that you've given us by coming down to earth. Uh, And I just pray that through that, we can see the true meaning, that we can see the hope and the truth that is there. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would um, speak through me however you see fit, Lord. Uh, And I just pray for your blessing upon the rest of this service. Amen. Um, So, I'm going to take you down a path. Um, It is going to have, or at least reveal, some, some pretty deep hurt. A pretty dark time, uh, but 
but really through that, I hope you see what outshines all of that, which is miraculous healing, which is the truth of God's hope. Uh, and, and really, that's, that's what I want you to hear through this. It's going to be hard getting there, uh, but we'll get through there. Um, I also want you to um, see how God calls each one of us, each one of us sitting here uh, that has a relationship with him, to be available, just to be ready at any time to serve him, whether it's big or small. Uh, and I hope you see that through there. So um, I'm just going to kind of reference a little bit where we're where we at are in, the, in this message. So uh, talking about a cloud of witnesses, uh, when Hebrews 12.1 refers to being uh, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, uh, I love to kind of look back at God's word and see uh, who he's talking about there, whether it's uh, Noah or Abraham or Sarah uh, are all that whole list that's, that's present in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, but I also think about, um, well, let's look there really quick. Sorry. Oh, I needed a Kleenex. Oh, uh, okay. I forgot, forgot my other prop. So, Seth, is Seth here? Raise your hand, Seth, so I can see you. He's, oh, Great. Anyway, Seth Adams' name is on this rock, and so when I, I, I got to speak for some reason last year at the 8th grade graduation, and um, this is helping me to remember to have my rock face on. It's really bad when, when your son comes in and you're crying at the kitchen table. He's like, Dad, you got to have a rock face for this. you got to be ready. So this, I'm going to look at it. Let's just say rock, rock, okay? So I'll remember that. But um, So I'm sorry, Seth missed, missed that, but... Um, so if you, if you have your Bibles, um, and if you're looking at the ones that are here at Church Project, this will be on pages 696 and 697, um, Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, um, and, and just talking about the cloud of witnesses and kind of what uh, really uh, they went through. But these verses say, it says, uh, and this is out of the New Living Translation, uh, it says, all these people, so it's referring to the great cloud of witnesses, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what God had promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners. Uh, They were nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for their country, uh, for the country they came from, they would have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, uh, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he's prepared a city for them. So when you think about this cloud of witnesses that's described in Hebrews, I mean, that was their focus. They weren't focused on the here and now. They were focused on the eternal. Um, they were focused on what was coming, uh, some promised land. And, and so I think about that cloud of witnesses that's in God's word, but I also think about the cloud of witnesses, many of you that are here. I mean, you are a great cloud of witnesses as followers of Christ. And I think about clouds of witnesses in my own life that have influenced me. And so that's kind of where I'm going with this. So um, I'm just going to throw out some names. These were people that uh, made themselves available to me, to my wife, to our family at just critical times in our life. Uh, One was my dad, Bill Davidson. Another another couple was Rusty and Lindy DeRuder. Uh, Those are my best friend's parents out in California, uh, both who now are in the promised land. Uh, Roger Trotman, so these next couple are, are pastors that have truly influenced my life. Uh, Roger Trotman was a pastor of ours in Bakersfield, California. 
uh, Jake Roberts, uh, many of you probably know uh, up in Scottsbluff, uh, Randy Madison, Joel Stark. Um, these are great clouds of witnesses that surrounded us at, at just key times. Lucky Ishida. I love the Ishida family. I mean, they are truly a cloud of witnesses. My wife. Um, she doesn't like it when I call her this, but she is a Bible scholar. She's my rock. Um, if I need to figure out a verse, I go to her. She knows these things, and she's been there for me every step of the way. And this list could go on and on, and we could all think of examples in our lives of these clouds of witnesses, not only what the Bible describes, but those that surround us. And so um, I, I just think that that's a huge focus. And again, things they have in common, they're, they're not looking for the things here. They realize that we're foreigners here on earth, and we're seeking the promised land. Uh, and so they live their lives that way. Uh, and yet they're also available here to help us whenever we need it. So <clears throat> I bring this list up um, because in very dark times, these are often the people that God uses to help us through. So, again, my prayer is in the midst of this that you're going to see God's glory. Uh, no matter how I deliver it, which apparently is not going to be straightforward. But, um, and I pray that you see God's mercy and that you see God's power and that you see his grace and his healing. Um, because it's there throughout this. Aaron said I should talk about this, but I don't know. Here we go. So I'm just going to describe a day to you. So this was January 9th, 1993. And it started off as just a beautiful, bright day. Now, I'm talking about Bakersfield, California. If you've ever been there, you know that in January it's not always the case because there's a lot of fog there. And normally you're just stuck in the fog, but this was a beautiful, bright day. And what made it even brighter? My wife. She always brightens up a day. I called her Sparky because she lights up a room. <laughs> um, well, it's true. Um, but, so she, uh, just to set this, she's nine months pregnant. Um, we had just celebrated with friends the night before. Uh, she was due any time. So I woke up in the morning and... and Ginger had been having some, like, we were thinking labor pains, and we're, we're pretty excited, <clears throat> but we kind of discussed it. We said, hey, she said, I'm okay. I think, I think this isn't the day. Go to work. So I went to work. Um, so we had a little discussion. I went to work. Uh, at the time, I was working for a carrot farming company. It's a pretty exciting job, actually. <laughs> it was. Um, I was doing research for him, and I uh, was, so I was heading out to look at a carrot field. I mean, you guys should be pretty excited about that. My wife always makes fun of me because when I worked with that company, my tongue was always orange because I would try carrots all day. It was pretty cool. Um, it's not orange anymore. Uh, so just a day like it was an exciting day. It could have been, you know, we we're thinking this might be the day, but she was feeling all right when I left, so I left. Um, if you've ever worked, this is a long time ago, before cell phones were just everybody had them. Uh, two-way radios, so you could talk on these radios to other employees. Uh, so as I'm driving around, looking at my carrot fields, going, oh, that's, that's neat. That's orange. It's a carrot. I get this call on the radio, and I knew exactly what it was. 
So it's from the dispatcher, and she says, Jeff, it's time. Ginger just called. Boom, there I go. I'm turning that truck around. I'm heading back. Um, I don't even know if I went to pick you up. I'm not sure if I met her there. But um, it was time to go. And so it was really kind of cool because at that time on these two-way radios, all of a sudden there's a bunch of chatter going on. Oh, Jeff, don't be nervous. You better hurry. Don't forget the bag. You're never going to get sleep again. Stuff like that. So all this is being heard by the whole company. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, thanks. And uh, so I headed home. And I don't remember much after that. Um, so somehow we get to the hospital. Uh, we get settled in and get ready to deliver our first child. So the nurses hook up the monitor. And that's when we knew something was wrong. They couldn't find a heartbeat. They tried and tried and tried. And they couldn't find a heartbeat. So after a while, our doctor came in and came in and told us what we knew, that our baby was no longer alive. So this bright, incredible day turned very dark very quickly. But, and in the Bible, we love to hear the word but, but at this very dark time, you can't, you can never get rid of the light. Um, you can't. The light is going to penetrate. And very quickly, God's light did. So hear this, hear the hope and the truth in this situation. Um, God's light completely shined through his people uh, immediately. We had nurses that there's no way we could have made it through this. But they were so compassionate and caring. I mean, they went through this time with us. Um, They helped us deliver our beautiful baby girl. Which we named Taylor Nicole. She had beautiful dark hair. She was just perfect. She was an angel. She was our angel. And very quickly, other lights started to appear through this darkness. Um, Our pastor, Roger Trotman, and his wife were there immediately. Um, They were there to help carry us through. My best friend's parents, Rusty and Linda, drove down a couple-hour drive to be with us in the hospital. Other church members showed up. Um, even while we were at the hospital, some ladies from the church went and kind of made our nursery not a nursery so we wouldn't have to go home to that. But these are people that loved us, that were just willing to be available, to be used by God. Um, a favorite story of ours, I know this, couple days after we had got back from the hospital, I'm sure Ginger and I were just staring at each other like, what do we do? What now? How do we react? What are we supposed to do? And out of the blue, our pastor comes over and he says, let's go. We're getting in the car. And we just drove around the country and just talked. Uh, again, available. So over the next couple days, months, hours, God continually brought people family members and people just to take care of us, just to hold our hand, just to to get us through. Um, And 
uh, we had a memorial service that was beautiful, and, and uh, I told Aaron this yesterday. I mean, somehow God allowed me to speak at that, and I know that I didn't stand up there alone. I know that he held me the whole time. So even through this dark, painful time, God did some miraculous healing and restoration. Um, so this next part of the story, if, uh, if you're like the Fargos here, they know that we like to move a lot. They make fun of us. If, you know, if you've known us for a while, you know that just write it in pencil because it's going to change the address. So we decided, we actually had decided before we lost Taylor that we would move to Rocky Ford and help my dad with his lawn care business. So I don't recommend this after you go through a tragedy to pick up and leave your church family that just is total support, but we did. Uh, we went to be with family, um, but, and it's because it was God, what God had planned. Um, so during the summer, and I don't know, uh, Wes and I have heard you speak before about your promise keepers. I'm not sure if that was 90, 1993 or what year, but this was in Boulder. Um, and uh, some gentlemen from the church that we were at, they uh, said that they would meet us there or meet me there at, at promise keepers. So we went to this event. Um, and this is, for me, this is a miracle that God provided through all of this, a miracle of healing. Um, so I don't even know if it was Friday night or the Saturday night, but during a worship time, um, so this is a stadium filled with 50,000 plus men. Uh, we are all singing Amazing Grace. So right there, I mean, is a life-changing moment because it's like you are in heaven. Um, you are worshiping uh, just in an incredible way. Uh, and you're like, man, this is, this is a glimpse, just a glimpse of how glorious heaven's going to be. Um, so, I saw God there. And I, this, again, what I'm about to tell you, I, I don't know, they turned the stadium lights off. And somehow we had a bunch of lights. I don't know if they, I'm sure they weren't like rock, rock and roll concert lighters going. But it could have been just little lights. But honestly, I don't know how that happened. So there's all these little tiny lights throughout the stadium. So you just, glim- again, just just a glimpse of heaven. Uh, so in the midst of that, I'm worshiping, and I hear, and it, ha- it wasn't like an audible voice, but inside my head, God said, it's okay. I'm holding Taylor. She's going to be okay. And I think I always knew that in my head, but that took it to my heart. I no longer had to worry about my daughter who wasn't with me because she's in heaven. And that just was an incredible moment that at that time I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that she was okay. Uh, And I get to rejoice in that truth and that fact that she is in heaven with Jesus. She's in heaven with my dad, with my grandmother, with Ginger's mom. She is there with those people right now. And that is the truth. That is the hope. That is the light through this darkness. So, my point in sharing this definitely is not to make it sad. My point in sharing this is that it is hope. It's truth. In darkness, God uses his people when we make ourselves available to help out those in need. Um, And it's interesting because if I look back, most days, almost every day, somehow, God's people were there. 
God's people were there through this. So um, I'm just going to uh, have you turn to Philippians 2, uh, 1 through 17. And in these handy-dandy Bibles, that's on page 677. Because truly our best example uh, is our Lord and Savior as far as making himself available. 677. <laughs> yes. You betcha. Huh? Yeah. Awesome. Stay strong, brother. Okay. Yes. I was guaranteed that the rock star mic would not allow me to cry, but it didn't really work. So. All right. So, our best example of his love um, is our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and I'm going to read all this passage. Again, the focus is when Jesus came down. But here it goes. Uh, is there any encouragement for belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better uh, than yourselves. Don't look out for your own, own interests, but take interest in others too. Right here. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Thank you, God, for Christmas. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all the other names, that, the, at, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is Lord uh, to the glory of, the, of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Oops, that was written right there for me. Uh, So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining uh, like bright stars in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, and that my work will not be useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. I love God's Word. It is just amazing. I mean, how that set of verses just ties so many things together. Um, That we should live at peace with one another. That we should love with each other. That we should work together. Verse 3, be humble. Think of of others as better than yourself. Uh, Verse 5, take on the attitude of Christ. Um, And then finally, verse 17, or 15, really, to shine like bright stars in a dark world amongst crooked people. Uh, And then ultimately to pour out our lives as an offering, Uh, to pour out our lives and to be available wherever God wants us to be. Um, So to kind of wrap up, um, I just want to share something 
this is a song that I wrote, and I actually I don't I didn't write it. King David wrote it. This is from Psalm 116. Um, so if you want to follow kind of along, it's a different version. This is from the NIV. This is um, Psalm 116 from on page 350 in this Bible. Um, so this psalm was written kind of as a way to show God's faithfulness. Um, uh, it was a way to recall the many times that God had brought the Israelites, uh, delivered them from their enemies. So at the time uh, of Taylor's loss, this psalm totally reminded me of God's faithfulness. Um, and it showed me a place to find real rest. So I'm going to, this is crazy, but uh, we're going to introduce a, a new band member. Um, Ginger told us this morning, but I'm going to do it anyway. I love you. Don't name your band. But the name of the band is Father and Son and Daughter, but the daughter's not playing today. She will. So we have a new band. Uh, but, but honestly, this song, um, and Aaron, Aaron reminded me this morning, I mean, what a glorious thing to be able to sing God's word. That's what we used to do uh, before we had it, the written word. It used to be sung. Uh, and so... My banjo buddy right here, uh, we're going to try to sing this song for you, and uh, it'll just take one moment really quick to get this set up. One more Kleenex. Do you need Kleenex, Jake? the very first typed version. It still has a coffee stain on it. All right. So Brother Aaron says that part of this is just the experience of going through this um, and the preparation. And this right here is a miracle because uh, Jake's never played publicly except in the dorms where he was playing for some girls out the window. <laughs> that's a different story. I don't know what that's all about. That's college. It's college. Um, but so, so he throws down a gauntlet for me the other day. He's like, Dad, you got to play that song. You got to play that song. I'm like, no, there's no way. Um, so I threw it back at him. I said, if I play it, you play it. He's like, what? So... Uh, I realize I'm coming out of retirement. I haven't played for 20 years. And, and Jake is self-taught. He's, it's a miracle. He's, he's awesome. So we're going to try this. But this is Psalm 116. Um, and it really spoke to me uh, during this time. And, and it really talks about uh, resting in God. Our soul needs to rest. Uh, for the Lord has been good, good to us. Um, so we'll try this. I'm going to drink water. No guarantees. I'm, uh, my guitar's in tune. I know that. But the voice may not be. <laughs> and I'm not mic'd up. So um, we'll just go with what we can. Here we go. Or 
words of this world entangle me. Its anguish weighs heavy on my soul. I can be overcome by its sorrow. So I call upon the Lord to save me. Be at rest once more, O my soul. For the Lord has been good to me. He has saved my soul from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I love the Lord for He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy Because he turned his ear towards me I will call on him as long as I live Be at rest once more, O my soul For the Lord has been good to me He has saved my soul from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our Lord is full of compassion. He protects the simple-hearted man. For he saved me when I was in need. Be at rest once more, O my soul. For the Lord has been good to me. He has saved my soul from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before him in the land of the living with great peace, content the rest of my days. Yes, I will walk before him in the land of the living, rejoicing and praising his name. Be at rest once more, O my soul. For the Lord has been good to me. He has saved my soul from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Okay, this is what I see people do at the rock concerts. Woo! Okay, there you go. All right. To wrap up, because most of you are saying, oh, okay. Okay. So here's my prayer. Um, That this Christmas, that each one of you, uh, your souls find rest in Jesus Christ. Uh, Ultimately, it's about him. Ultimately, it's about him. Um, that you know the truth, 
uh, that can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and that, that the fact is that he left his earthly throne, or excuse me, his heavenly throne, and came down to earth uh, as a little baby. Uh, Ginger was talking to me about this week, how if you think about Mary and Joseph, what they had to do with the Son of God, uh, the things that they did with him like we would do with our own children. Um, he went through everything that we do uh, because he loves you, each one of you, so very much. Uh, through the darkness, through the pain, through the suffering, uh, Christ truly is our best example uh, of making himself available and obedient to the Father's will. So, here's my challenge to you. How will you make yourselves available? Uh, how will you make yourselves available to use, be used by God? Uh, if you think back to the first Christmas and reflect upon Mary and Joseph, uh, will we be like Mary when she says in Luke one thirty eight, I am the Lord's servant. Can we all say that? I am the Lord's servant. May everything, uh, and it finishes there, may everything you have said about me come true. So that's Mary's heart. Uh, Joseph, um, I don't think this guy gets enough credit here, but um, talks about him three times uh, in Matthew, in the early chapters. Matthew 1, 18 through 21. Uh, the angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Uh, and so Joseph had to follow those instructions. He wanted to divorce her, but the angel said, no, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. Uh, Matthew 2, 19 through 23. Oh, excuse me, Matthew 2, 13 through 14. The angel says, Flee to Egypt. Your life is in jeopardy. Uh, and then again, later in Matthew, it says, go back to Israel. And so Joseph was available. Uh, he made himself self available to God's will. Um, so those are just great examples that, again, as we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, to, to do as he said. Um, so my hope and my prayer is that each one of you, or each one of us, me included, um, will be silent this Christmas and wait. Wait patiently to hear uh, what God is saying to our hearts, how God wants to use us. Uh, I thank you for your patience and, uh, and honestly, your strength to get me through this. And so that is all I have.